with some static, but it worked. I think if we get it up over the tree line and we get it enough power, I think we could get a signal out. You were... All I got was some static, but it worked. I think if... Okay, something happened with the... Uh, the... Uh, thing, so... Uh, sorry, everybody. Normally, we start off with the... Um, <laughs> with the... Uh, uh, the... Um, uh, previously, and uh, there's something going on. With it, uh, <clears throat> we'll just well, now. I'll, I'll recap for everybody where we are. Boyd and Sarah are on an epic quest in the middle of the forest, looking for an elusive boat horn sound. They have been attacked somehow by something in the forest. Sarah says that there's something much bigger than what they've experienced so far. In town, they are building the big tower on the top of Colony House, and everyone has been judiciously and uh, prudently trying to find all of the resources and materials. Some people have more hope than others. Some people are taking this seriously. Some people are not taking it so seriously. A uh, couple of things about what we're going to do when we leave this town, which sounds like some hope breaking through. Interesting dialogue uh, coming from Ethan and his idea of what's happening. Uh, in the basement, there is still some digging going on, and people are generally trying to figure out what the heck to do. How's that? That is excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. <laughs> I realized that was a, a kind of tongue-in-cheek, but there you go. Uh, okay, so... Uh, and we still don't know where Victor is. That's There's another one. All right. Good uh, old all friend right. Victor. Yeah. And where is that boy in white? Where? What's going on? Okay. So welcome to the finale episode of From on Epics. Uh, let's talk a little bit about where we left off with episode nine uh, and get a feel for what we thought in this episode. I'm going to open up the floor to you and tell me what did you think about this episode overall? It was disappointing. Um, mm. It was, I mean, like, it, it's not terrible. It just wasn't what I had hoped. Like, I, I wanted more from the uh, episode. And, you know, it, it just didn't live up to what I had hoped that we would have gotten in this in the, if that makes sense. Um, um, yeah. You know, and, and to be honest with you, episode nine was disappointing, but I still had, you know, I still had hope that it was going to work out and be pretty good, but it just didn't live up to it as far as I was concerned. So I, I know. What about you? Well, I kind of think that by episode nine, I realized that uh, the world was not going to come together the way that I thought it was going to come together for the finale. And that basically we would leave on a giant cliffhanger. Um, <clears throat> as it so happens, I don't necessarily think that this was a giant cliffhanger. I feel like we are on a cliff. Um, yeah. I don't necessarily know if it was as, like, I don't feel, I feel like if they do a season two, I'll be happy to watch it. Right, uh, but if they don't do a season two, I won't be disappointed. Right. Uh, and that's sad. I don't like feeling that way because I had really high hopes for this show at the outset. Um, 
was there anything before we start talking about just actual events is there anything in this episode that stood out to you as being really good um okay the tower part of it to me was was more entertaining right mm -hmm. the whole like what was going on with the tower but then it just kind of you know i mean i did like that somebody somebody um you know you got somebody and they're like uh hey your wife needs to stop digging right and it didn't mm. sound like some kind of creature or anything it just sounded like a regular dude so it was like oh man what is that you know it was like that made it like really interesting like oh wait is this maybe this isn't something uh like a creature or you know what i'm saying or just totally supernatural you know it kind of gave a feeling like maybe this is something a little more um you know uh human that's going on you know so, you know like the way the guy sounded on the on the other side yeah he sounded like a normal person just like a regular answering dude. a radio call yeah and he clearly was involved in whatever's going on because you know, he makes the declaration, you know, uh, that they, you know, that he, that your wife should really stop digging, you know, or, or I forgot exactly what the, uh, what the guy said, but it was something to that effect. Like, you know, your wife, sh your wife needs to stop digging. Right. She shouldn't. Right. Um, and, and I definitely got the, uh, impression that <clears throat> the voice was toying a little bit with Jim. All right. Uh, you know, trying to give him a little, uh, I don't know, not really hope, but, you know, just kind of toying with the idea of, oh, hey, yeah, you found somebody. Yeah, you found somebody, and now I'm going to lay some truth down on you. Not what you think. Yeah, um, yeah, he didn't get what he hoped he got. And, yeah. <clears throat> right, right. Uh, okay, so I'm going to kind of, I'm going to kind of. That, cool. that was cool. That was cool. I, I'm going to reassess because um, after this episode aired, uh, I went back and watched it again. Okay. And the reason that I went back and watched it again is because I had a new idea form in my head. Um, one of them is the boy in white now appears to Sarah. Um, now he could have appeared to Sarah at any time in the town and he didn't. He only appeared to Ethan and we don't even know. Well, actually, yes, he did. He appeared to Victor, too, on the night of Colony House Massacre. So he, the boy in white is now pretty selective uh, in terms of, like, who he shows himself to. But he always seems to have some interesting way out. Some interesting, you know, when he shows up, some interesting thing happens. I'm starting to think that this is more of a nine circles of hell thing instead hmm. of a, uh, a yeah, right. Instead of a street. And, and I'll be honest. I think that the creatures that are in this story are actually in the same. They're in the same hell. They're just on a different level, literally and figuratively, right? They're hmm. on a different level because they're underground. That's a different level. Right. Um, they're on a different level because they are, and I, I keep going back to this, um, 
they their job is basically to annihilate whoever is in the town. Now, my the one thing that I go back to again and again, and why I think it's circular in motion and not necessarily this is a linear story, is because if you go back to one of the episodes where uh, Jim's wife uh, finds the 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 little token that she gave to uh, Jim on the night that they met, right? Or that he gave to her, I can't remember. Um, and, and that was in the storeroom, right? That's the storeroom of the people who had been there before. That's their things. Right. So my guess is, and I know I don't understand exactly how this is like on a quantum level working, but my guess is that this is a circular pattern. So this isn't the first time that they've been in the town. And I'm also starting to think that Boyd's wife was right. That the way out, and I think I said this before, that the way out is for everybody to basically die. If everybody dies, then everything stops. Then it, re then it doesn't get to reset, basically. Because we saw the reset in the beginning. We saw Victor as a child. He's the only one that survived. New people started coming into the town. The town started filling up. And then the town keeps going on and on and on until the next big thing happens. But the next big thing that happens is they're trying to basically kill everybody in the town so that things can... And, and I feel like this is not the design. This is just like a, oh, they're trying to exploit a flaw. And I'm using the word they because I don't know who is doing what, but that's the feel that I get. Right. Um, and okay, so so let's move away from that for just a second. Let's talk about Boyd and Sarah in the forest. Um, in the in the last episode, I was talking about you know how much I loved Lord of the Rings and how there's two people walking. Uh, damn if they don't walk into Shelob's lair with these biting spiders. <laughs> um, you know, that was actually, I think, a really interesting touch. Um, again, uh, there's a lot of like weird things that are, I, I am not sure if they're completely symbolic, but they feel very symbolic. They're in the forest looking for a boat. They hear the boat horn and then they find in the trees a message in a bottle. I mean, that's about as nautical as you get, right? right. And then they're in the forest and the, the path in front of them is obfuscated. Um, and how is it obfuscated? It's obfuscated with spider webs. Um, it's, you know, you can sort of see through spider webs, but you can't see through them enough to be able to make out what's there. That lures you in and gets you further. Like, there's a lot of interesting visual symbols in this, which feel very well done. Um, but Boyd gets bit by a spider, and now it's Sarah's turn to try to act as Boyd's cheerleader, who, you know, really at some point starts thinking, or I, it feels like he starts thinking, he's just ready to give up. Right. Um, and we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the fact that Boyd sees his wife in this spider hollow. Um, what did you take away from that? Um, I think that one thing that this place does is it makes you confront your past, right? And yeah. being that, you know, how tragic what happened with, you know, having to put her down, you know, um, 
I think that uh, I, I really believe that, you know, obviously he has not gotten over it. I mean, how do you get over it? Something like that. And I think that um, that in that moment, the, the with the I started to call it the island, uh, but uh, the uh, the town. I think it, you know, that's you know what are what is the deepest things that happened to him was losing his wife, and especially in the way that he lost her, you know, having to kill right. her. So he's going through this traumatic thing. So then it makes it brings it back up to you know, to maybe it's messing with him. Maybe that's his way of getting him off of his game by showing him something that, you know, obviously would hurt him, you know? Well, the way, uh, well, okay. So I'll, I'll come back to that. Um, Soon or not too far after that, they see a lighthouse. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you remember, but at one point, um, at one point, who is on the stairs um is it who's on the stairs um i'm trying to remember who was uh who was the character oh it was um it was it was jim's wife remember when she was digging and then she tried to go upstairs right and do you remember how the stairs were circling around like a lighthouse, yeah. Like a lighthouse, exactly, yes. Um, that made me think that she was having, that that somehow this world, and it is sort of strengthened by the faraway trees, uh, that somehow this world is like, uh, it's like an interconnected fun house, kind of, a you know, where time and, and space meet in different points and sometimes it's this way and then sometimes it's not this way um it's just it's like a it's almost like there's thin points in the world where different things happen now the let's for a second let's just think about the lighthouse right okay that's clearly where the the sound was coming from so it wasn't a boat horn it was the lighthouse making that noise if you've ever been to a lighthouse you know that they have like these fog horns and when they play the fog horns it does sound a lot like a boat horn it's meant to warn boats away from the shore so that made sense but what is it trying to warn them or what is the you know what sort of symbolic piece could that possibly be i don't know but it was interesting because it felt to me, and I, I'm, I would love to know what you thought. Uh, it didn't feel to me like Sarah and Boyd were going toward the lighthouse. It felt like they were going back home. What do you What do you mean by home? Well, they were trying to uh, home, <laughs> home as in back to the town. All right, because, okay. Because Boyd had been hidden, uh, hidden. Because Boyd has been bitten by the spider, and so obviously Sarah's trying to sort of save him, but they came all this way there's the lighthouse wouldn't they don't you think that that would be like a thing that they would just need to go toward i don't i don't know what did you think um i think there's probably there's fear because they've seen things that they obviously hadn't seen yet uh or seen before good point uncertainty 
and and doubt. So I think that uh, I think that um, that's the kind of where they were at, you know, as far as uh, the decisions that they make. Now we can argue up and down if it was it was correct, but I, you know, that's what they did. So, so you think that like they were they were trying to go back to what they understood as safety, right? Because they were okay, okay, yeah, I, I, I can see that. I think that actually makes a bit of sense. Um, so, uh, the, so the other thing, of course, that happens in this episode, which is just, I don't know. Again, it just kind of this this particular piece sort of weirds me out. Um, the big thing at the end is well, I won't get to the big thing at the end, but the 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 big issue is that they hear this voice over the uh, over the radio. So they've built this tower. Clearly something either recognizes that there is some kind of, you know, danger to this, or it's trying to herd them all kind of back into the direction that they need to be in. Cause this huge storm starts to blow in from you think nowhere. that Wait, do you think the storm is, the town's way of uh, fighting it too. Absolutely. All this yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think it's because they would have been successful with the radio per se, although possibly um, because I wonder if that isn't the reason that Jim is teaching Ethan to use the radio. I mean, I can't imagine why else that would even, that took up a lot of time. You know, here, let me show you how to touch each one of these wires to get a different frequency. Uh, that was quite an interesting idea. I, um, I think it was father-son bonding in a way. I, I don't know. I, you know, if it, at any other time in this series, if they had done that, I would have been, oh, that's so cute. But in the finale, I, see. do you see what I was saying about the last episode and why I thought the timing was all off? This, there's just things that they throw in here that make me go... Is this important? Is this not important? But in the final episode, man, if they don't have their timing down and they're not showing us the really important stuff, they're really failing. Because you know, I think they did be honest with you. I think they wanted that was their way of incorporating the sun into the final episode. Because remember, the sun is set up to be so important or potentially important, and then uh to be honest with you, uh, how I mean, when has the sun? When's the last time the sun has done anything that seems to matter that much? It that, seems like they forgot I, about him. Well, but the, I think that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, it does seem like they are kind of uh, developing Ethan into. Look, see, you can also be. Uh, independent and you can know a lot of things too because I don't want to speculate what may happen but my guess is we're in for a time jump at some point if this series continues there will be a time jump and that time jump will focus on Ethan this in a, in 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 a very similar way to how Victor is the strand that kind of holds the whole place together in some weird way narratively um it feels to me like that's maybe what is happening um let okay let's let's recap a little bit this crazy roller coaster of stuff that we have been experiencing over this season so 
first thing is we know everybody comes from a different place, right? They're mm -hmm. all traveling from some other place and they all seem to have some history, a history of life before they were where they are now, right? But we also know that most of the characters seem to have some weird proclivity to this place as well. Um, Boyd's wife had a dream and she remembers it from childhood. Uh, Tabitha, Jim's wife, finds that thing in the storage. Um, even, uh, well, then, of course, there's uh, there's Ethan, who is the storyteller, and he's the the twinner, almost, of, uh, of Victor. Uh, and then we also have... Um, <laughs> twinner, I like that. It's true, though, right? right. Uh, and then we we have uh, Sarah, who has some kind of medium connection to everything. Um, I, it just it just feels like all the characters have some sense of uh, not overt deja vu, but oh hey. I, I I know this place. I feel this place. I think I've been here before, or I recognize these patterns as something familiar to me. That feels very intentional. Okay, so there's that, and then there is the everybody is disposable, and then there is the uh, shift toward how can we get out of here. And then we sort of end on the note of, you know what? There really is no hope. This is something so much bigger than who these people are is manipulating both the external world, meaning the weather and, uh, and the, even the forest around them and the internal world. That is what they think and feel and how they are reacting to each other. So, the, the one striking thing to me, and tell me how you feel about this, is that by the end of this episode, I did not feel like I had any confirmation of anything other than, oh, hey, here's some new questions to throw out at you. Yes, that's the problem. Yes. There's nothing. It, and honestly, when it gets interesting at the very end is when it just goes, it just stops. And yeah. I... You know, it, it, it was so goddamn frustrating. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I know the whole thing would keep you wanting more, but you got to give me something, though. Yeah, something, right. Something, and, and again, this is why I go back to, I feel like this is like this, uh, and, you know, I, I want to be hopeful, but I feel like this is sort of the quintessential, um, the, the circles of hell a la Dante also have this feeling of everything continues to keep wrapping around and around. And it's just, I mean, it's many versions of basically the same thing. But again, I go back to what I said before, and that is, um, listen, we as the audience need to have some glimmer of we understand something more than the characters understand because if we don't, then what keeps us continually interested in what's happening to them? You, do, you know what I mean? I mean, there's way too many people in this 
uh, in this story for us to care about every single one on the deep, deep level that it would require for us if we were just experiencing constant confusion and uh, chaos. It could work if there was just a few characters, but we have too many characters for that, right? You know what I mean? Right. No, you're 100% right. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I definitely am not of the mind that this was a lost endeavor. Uh, sorry, no pun intended. Um, yeah. but, but, it, it, but, it, but I do feel like, you know, and I'm sorry to channel my fourth grade teacher, um, it's really not showing its potential. And yeah. <laughs> it, it, it needs, you know, a little, like, come on this is a great story. There's so many awesome pieces in here. Um, give us something. And, you know, at this point, I wouldn't even care if it was just like a gigantic red herring that was out there and made us all like, you know, the crazy fish in the bottom of the sea following the light, even though we're about to get devoured. I totally wouldn't even mind that if I felt like there was something compelling to make me want to discover what happens next as it is now i just feel like i'm putting together a jigsaw puzzle without a a, a really good picture and so i don't really know what i'm putting together right that's frustrating to me that was really frustrating i, I do think you know from from the what is good about this um i did really like that we get a better sense of the deeper dread um, they, uh, this isn't a case of they're just someplace where they could escape. I mean, to me, that's very clear, right? They're not right. going to escape. This is, you, you can't go somewhere. I think they think that they can go somewhere. I don't think they can go anywhere. And I think that the whole title premise of this series, it's called From. Right. It's not called, you know, Destination. There. It's not... Exactly. Yes. It's it. The important part of who these characters are is where they're from, what their lives were before. And my guess is where they're from is where they are right now. Right. They don't know it. They don't know it. But this is. Yeah, that's what I'm feeling. So I don't know. Throw throw some throw me some like how are you feeling not just about what happened in this episode but you know what are some characters that you feel like did a good job or you know what are your overall impressions so far i really think i understand why they killed off father katri but i kind of wish they didn't mm. i feel like he he could have stayed on another year I, I i feel like in order to i think they needed him to go to get Boyd with uh, Sarah, I think. I think maybe Father Cotri is coming back. Hmm. Oh, that. I mean, as what flashbacks? You mean? No, no. I mean, maybe Father Cotri is actually coming back. Maybe Father Cotri is actually going to either a be one of the creatures. Maybe he's on the bus. Who? How do we know? Right. No, I, I actually, I actually do wonder though, because I don't think that the creatures that we are seeing, who you know, are the uh, the terrifying monsters that shrieked all the time, uh, I don't actually think that they are dressed as cooks and navy captains, and I don't think that that's an accident. Oh no, not at all. 
you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. clearly they came from somewhere. And where did they come from? I'm guessing, and I mean, I'm just going out on a limb here. The reason that that they said that Victor said they live underground mm-hmm. is because what happens when you bury somebody? Uh, you put them underground. You're underground, yeah. And so that's where they live. They actually live underground because they're actually dead. That's my feeling. That's my feeling. And and I, I mean, I've got lots of other questions, but yeah, it kind of feels that way to me. How else could they possibly live underground and yet every night somehow figure out a way to cut? Like, there's just too many weird situational pieces in there. Let's uh, let, let's just talk real quick about how they ended it, though. Okay. They ended it with a bus. Oh, okay. Wait, diner? wait, wait a minute. Are we gonna skip? Uh, are we gonna skip? Uh, wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. All right. Oh no, no, we're definitely not skipping that. Oh, okay. I, I I was just talking about because because I, I have my own theory about that too. <laughs> I've got a oh, okay. So you so you want to save that for okay? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, also, right. I have a I have a great pun for that too. So I'll I'll throw that on you too. Um, okay. uh, but w- so what did you think though about the the bus that arrives at the end? Okay, so the bus can be. The bus could be okay. This is just another group. Of people that are stranded, right? Yeah. But or it could be maybe um, people who are involved with the town, um, the per- like the people that were on the other uh, the walkie-talkie or whatever. Right. Right. It could be they so- they're sending them in to somehow get the town under control or something like that. Maybe when they didn't, maybe they never had to before. So like, like I mean. This could be some sort of psyops test government thing because the guy kind of sounded like like a like one of those kind of government type, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like like yeah. he didn't just sound like a, a dude, or I could just be reading into that. So I mean I well, think he knew I think he knew we're Jim's to... whole name, right? He knew what? Jim's whole name. He he knew also that Jim's wife was digging in the cellar. That's not they're under surveillance right 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 some some kind of surveillance and um so i think the bus maybe is meant for us to think that oh these are just some more stranded people but i wouldn't be surprised if these are are some sort of um people that are uh meant to uh get them in line or something to that effect and then look we're they haven't really traveled too far on the outskirts. There could That's be right. a whole other population of people in a similar situation as them. That's right. You know, so it could be another town that they don't even know about. So, uh, you know, who maybe, I mean, we, we don't know, but clearly the guy on the uh, walkie-talkie was not a monster or anything supernatural. He just seemed, he's, I wonder if he was some sort of government person, you oh, know, that's an uh, interesting theory. you know, so that was, that, that was interesting when, when you heard the guy 
Yeah. And he sounded, you know, first he sounded friendly and then he said, made it, you know, and he said it, he's the way he said it was like real kind of um, like, like, like being an asshole. You know what I mean? Like he said it. Yeah. Like, he was toying with Jim. Toying first. with him. Right. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, but the bus though, when the bus, they showed the bus and it went off the air. I was like, oh, you at, finally, you're giving me something. And then you're going to cut off there. You know, because so I had it, lost track of how much time was left in the, you know, in the episode. It, it, it's interesting because on the screen right now, uh, as an image, if you can't see it, is the bus outside of the diner. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only illumination it, that's happening is the headlights from the bus and the jukebox that comes on and know, right. yes and and it seems like the jukebox comes on and does things when it's relevant to characters right and i am i could kick myself for not listening if there was something that was playing i don't remember well here i can i mean you won't be able to hear it but i can i can uh Yep. What is it that's playing? It's the song that it closes off with. Is it Kesara? No, everybody. Uh, everybody knows. Uh, it's it's so it's not Kesara. No, it's not. Here, let me uh, so they won't ding me on it. I'll I'll see if they put with the the, the final song. Usually, I catch it with subtitles. And for some reason, I didn't catch it this time. I don't. I don't want them to ding me. Uh, <laughs> let's see. It Can't give you too much information, everybody. Uh, you know what I can do? I don't recognize that song. It sounds like a maybe a song from like the sixties or something. Yeah, uh, that, a, a lot of these do seem to be from either the sixties or even earlier. Let's see. From episode ten. Uh, final song. Let's see. Uh, Colton Moore and the Clevers. Uh, wait, no, that's something from another show. I hate when they do that. From uh, tell me about something about Yellowstone. <laughs> Hold a second. Oh no! Like, oh, I was like. Uh, geez, Louise, man. Uh, okay, I'm gonna have to do some research to find out. All right. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, you so, know what I could do? Um, j- just keep talking. I can do a um, sound hound. Okay. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. Um, uh, just I won't. You won't be able to hear me for a second. Okay. But j- just so, keep talking. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, not, not postulate exactly, but create kind of a theory here that, that it, a, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen the movie. Um, right, you you won't be able to hear me for a second. Okay, that was Cabin in the Woods. But Cabin in the Woods had a really interesting idea where it was basically like a, uh, a government kind of setup where they were negotiating the gods they were negotiating keeping the gods happy and as i was watching this episode i really got the feeling that like 
that is an odd idea, but it fits so perfectly with this. Um, and if it is a cabin in the woods kind of setup, then it makes such perfect sense that what is really happening is there is some kind of outside, uh, I'll, I'll loosely call it agency, that is sort of orchestrating what's happening. But I don't think that that necessarily takes away from the my original idea, which is everybody has to die in order for this narrative to kind of quit. I think they bank on the fact that, you know, trying to keep everybody alive or people trying to keep themselves alive is what keeps perpetually this moving forward. This is how it keeps moving forward. And then whenever people get too close to a truth or something, then remember how I was saying before about how every time the characters create uh, an important piece, another character comes along and like goes, oh, look, piece of candy. Oh, piece of candy. Oh, piece of candy. And then you never go back to that. Yeah, that's how this whole thing feels now. Okay, you'll love what the song is. All right, what is it? Uh, give me one second. I'm going to find the lyrics. Here. Uh, okay, the song is Neil Young, everybody knows this is nowhere. Oh, right. <laughs> That's actually the shout out to the almost. Okay. Yes. Yes. So the, the name of this episode is called, Oh, the places you won't go. Right. Right. Which is a great title. Uh, yeah. I really love that. Yeah. This. And, uh... So, so the, okay. So. I mean, obviously, somebody could have, you know, a weird sense of humor. Um, but the idea that they're playing this song as the bus rolls up does feel a little bit like, yeah, okay, well, nobody's getting rescued. I mean, we can pretty much, I think, rule that out. But also, uh, yeah, it, 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 I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. Am I, do you think I'm on the wrong track with, like, everything being so cyclical? Oh yeah, definitely. And this song is definitely not by accident. Um, you know, it says, I think I'd like to go back home and take it easy. There's a woman I'd like to get to know living there. Right. Uh, everybody seems to wonder what it's like down here. I got to get away from this day to day running around. Everybody knows this is nowhere. That's <laughs> yeah, right. That fits right perfectly. It, 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 yep. That is, that's absolutely. And, and also the other, the interesting thing here is that's for us. Right, I don't know that jukebox thing. That's for us this time. There are no characters there to hear that. Right. So that's not a message from you know the agency or anything or whatever is happening. That's not for them. That is playing because because it's in the world. Or right? or maybe it's Neil Young that's doing all of this. Oh, that could be. Maybe this is his uh, final stand against Spotify. Right, which is so funny because he just had that, you know, that whole thing with Spotify. I, I'm, you know what? If that's if that's the uh, the the circle of hell that you go in uh, as a songwriter, I'm never writing another lyric ever. Well, you know what? You know what the circle of hell is when you go to Margaritaville and you have to listen to Jimmy Buffett over and over and over. I would totally listen to Jimmy Buffett over and over. Yeah, but. Jimmy Buffett and Meals don't go together. 
I, I, I think, I think the problem, much like the entire series is showing us, is anything over and over and over again will basically drive you crazy, right. one way or other. It'll either kill you or it'll drive you crazy. And I keep going back to Boyd's wife, and I keep thinking, oh, maybe Boyd's wife was right. Remember how early on I was like, oh, Victor was the only one that survived, but maybe he wasn't supposed to survive. Right. You're right. Maybe everybody was supposed to die. It's just, it's like, it's so recurring over and over again. But then, you know, you get these like really weird things that happen in the, in the series too, where you've got like all these tensions that don't exactly make sense. Like, why is Jim so angry? Why? I, angry I mean... Dude. I get that, you know, what? he's upset about, yeah, I mean, I, I sort of, but then there, there comes a threshold at which I just am like, yeah, what else is going on here? Um, I don't know. There's some, the, I, I, again, I don't feel like this was a waste of my time. I loved this whole season really did great, great, great fun time. Uh, but I am so ambivalent about plans for season two. If it happens, I'll be excited and I'll be a cheerleader and I will come back here and lay some whatever conspiracy theories of story that I possibly can on it. Um, but if they don't, I will say, wow, that was a really good run and thank you for bringing that to us. Now I can just go off and write fan fiction about it. You know what I mean? You're not going to write. How do you know? <laughs> well, by the way you sounded, you know, uh, um, you uh, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna write some fan fiction that is basically just gonna be a couple of words, uh, real similar to Jack Torrance, and it'll just be the same thing over and over and over again because that's what they're experiencing. Just that's it. No, from season two makes uh, Jen a doll girl. Yeah, there we go. That, <laughs> there go. I mean, that could be great fan fiction right there. There you go. Um, so, uh, the, okay, let's, we would be remiss if we didn't also talk about the boy in white appears to Sarah uh -huh. and tells Sarah, you got to get into the faraway tree. Now, two things happen here. One, Sarah gives Boyd the talisman. Now that seems pretty telling because, uh, there's only one talisman. Right. And we saw sarah give it to boyd right that's one right. two uh he is stuck in a well and my joke about that i even said it at the time that the episode air was oh so the writers just said oh well boyd yeah no, so, uh, nobody, nobody in my family thought it was funny either um but uh, so boyd is stuck in a well and i mean like he's really he's stuck there's nothing where's he gonna go yeah that is frightening by the way that would yeah. Be, oh my God, that'd be frightening to be stuck in like that. That's like a, a nightmare. And we have we have no idea because uh, we didn't see a pan up, so we can't really see if there's anything above him or what's above him. Uh, and Sarah didn't join him, so Sarah ended up in a different spot by going into the faraway tree. We don't know where Sarah ended up. Um, that I'd be so scared. I, but I feel like because Boyd has the talisman, uh, it might mean that something's planned for Boyd to, like, that is going to be important. 
you know, for him to actually have the talisman. Otherwise, he wouldn't survive. So that kind of makes sense. Well, I mean, just the, being in that would be scary enough. I mean, I didn't even think yeah. about the the monsters getting him. I'm just like, just to be stuck like that and you can't get, you know. Right. Yeah, at some point, what what's what what's scarier, you know, starving to death inside of a tiny little well where you really i mean it it felt claustrophobic um and or getting eaten by the monsters and i I don't know Uh, at a certain point you pray for the monsters to come and finish you off it's there's no good option for boyd at this point so okay so what do you think is the wackiest thing that happened in this season including the finale but what do you think is like the wackiest thing so the thing that makes you go what why did they do that the character why does the character do that or why did the writers write it well either i guess well that asshole opening that window to make out with the monster oh yeah that was uh that guy boy he couldn't die enough <laughs> we hope Man. he comes back to dive some more. Right. Like uh yeah, what was that, I don't know if you've ever seen the equalizer too. Oh, and yeah. uh, when Denzel says, I'm gonna kill all of you guys, and the only shame is I won't I, I can only do it once. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. My but, um I- I think my wackiest moment out of the entire series is uh, I gotta say that it's Father Cotri going uh, doing what I think Father Cotri does best which is being conflicted but that conversation between Father Cotri and Sarah in the basement was like one part Silence of the Lambs one part, you know, creepy stalker, one part book of revelations, one part that was the craziest that whole episode, but specifically the Father Katri Sarah stuff. Really, I had dreams about that. I had oh, absolute wow. dreams about that. Yeah, that it was so crazy to me. I, you know, overall, they and I mentioned this in the last podcast. Overall, I feel like they are on to something good like this could be really good but man does it ever need some finesse it needs someone to love each individual script enough to go through and check not just continuity which i'm sure is making sense in some ways but check to really get the right feel in editing what's being presented to us and how Right. Because, again, all the pieces are there to make this awesome, but I don't feel like the audience is being given the due diligence that it needs to be given in order to maintain a healthy desire to keep going, you know? Right. You know, at some point you're just like, oh, yeah, okay, this sounds great. It's a, You know, I liken it to this. It's a little bit like playing uh, Beethoven on a Casio keyboard, right? It it has all the elements of being great but i mean it's a casio keyboard right. and you can only get so many tones out of it but you can you can really dress it up simply by washing it through some filters giving it 
some interesting, maybe even synthesized set sounds. You've got, there's lots of different options that they could do on this series to make it feel like we are more invested. And I sincerely hope that that's what they do for season two. Well, to keep with your Casio keyboard uh, analogy, um, one of my favorite songs, Common People by Pulp, was written on a Casio keyboard. Oh, see? So. <laughs> the potential for greatness is there. Totally there. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, you know, not to, uh, not because we don't know and we haven't heard anything about whether there will or will not be a season two. Although I would caution everyone not to read too much into Do We Know. Uh, the, the, the show Chapaway, which was, I guess, sort of, they were trying to figure out if they could get uh, another producer lined up or whatever. Uh, they didn't announce that that would have a season two on, for many months after the final episode aired. And I feel like Epics is sort of in the, the, the model of they, the, the, things are slow. Things are a little bit slower at Epics than they would be like, let's say at HBO mm -hmm. max or whatever, where right. they've got things a little bit more polished. Um, but uh, tell me, what do you think would be your number one uh, wish to see in season two? Um, I don't know if there's a necessarily wish. I just want to see the story evolve a little faster. And I don't mind the slow pace. I, I don't mind it. But I got to feel like we're going somewhere. And I just didn't feel that way with with this so i i just wanted to i don't know if there's something specific i want but i just definitely want to want the show to have a a better pacing about it hmm uh, yeah i definitely could see that um i would like to see three things one i would like to see better timing in our episodes mm -hmm. you know get things going a little bit uh, better in terms of how the characters are interacting with each other so that so that we're getting an interesting play off of the story not just a linear narrative which sometimes feels a little bit strange I mean I'm not saying we didn't have flashbacks because we did but the flashbacks didn't feel I don't know the flashbacks were okay but they were also a little bit odd um, uh, you know there are some things about form over function here, which feel like they're being ignored. So that would be one thing. Second thing I would say is, man, this, this whole series just screams for the need uh, of better. Well, not better of songs written into the background. Just, I mean, it just would fit so well. That's number two. Also, I, I wanted to remind uh, everyone that this, the entire season of From, the amount of background music is actually very minimal. There really isn't a lot. And it lends to the world feeling very desolate and devoid of uh, just the normal everyday activities. There isn't even a lot of like, actual background noise like you know clearly there was a decision made not to do a lot of work in uh creating 
footstep sounds and you know, i mean it's like really it's very muted it's very muted which is like kind of a cool choice yeah. um so different music would be i think another big thing and then the third thing and the most important thing is give us big chunks of something to sink our teeth into so that we feel like the characters in this story are in jeopardy in a way that they don't understand that they're in jeopardy. So, I mean, I'm all for showing us the serial killer around the corner and the lady in the mirror, and she doesn't know that the serial killer is coming so that I can yell at the screen, watch out, watch out. Look, you know what? I, I love that. I absolutely love it. And in this series, uh, we were just as blind to everything happening as the lady sitting in front of the mirror. And that didn't really sit well with me. So I would love to see a little bit more of the, you know, give us something to be invested in. Right. So those are my three things. But overall, I mean, I... I I have to say, I have had a really good time. I've had a really good time over these. And thank you to Epics for giving us 10 episodes instead of the, what almost seems like requisite seven or eight. Uh, 10 felt, we got we got a lot, maybe too much in some places, but we did get a lot out of this. So I did like that too. Right, I agree. Yeah, do you have any last thoughts? No, just um, looking forward to whatever comes next, and uh, you know, and I enjoy continue working with you, and looking forward to it. I'm. I have a feeling that there will be some other shows similar to this show, maybe not with the same premise, but with that uh, supernatural, spooky. Lots of people are in danger. Feel coming down the pike. So it'll be interesting to see how we feel about some of those as well. So with uh, that. Oh, hmm? uh, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, we're going to... Um, what's the name of the show that we're going to... The one I suggested. Uh, oh, yeah. Open Range, right? Open uh, Range. Was that, yeah. was that the name of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it looks very, very interesting um, with uh, the great Josh Rowe. So looking forward to that. But anyway, uh, um, you can get me at Kente F on Twitter, Kente Ferguson on Instagram. It's F-E-R-G-E-R-S-O-N. And of course, the website is theindyradio.com. That's theindyradio.com. Uh, how can we get you to? Uh, you can find me at moviesandmeals.com. Um, and, uh, you know, before I even say uh, goodbye, I'm going to, I just want to mention one last thing because I totally forgot and I wrote a note down about it and it just came up. Um, that last scene where the jukebox is playing in the diner, uh -huh. the bus is from Grand Rapids. Oh, see, we I didn't even notice that. We don't know. I'm sorry, either. Outer Range. It shows Outer Range. We, we don't know who's on, who's there, right? But we do know that uh, that Fatima is also from Grand Rapids, right? Oh, wow. And it does kind of feel like uh, that, again, like this could be something cyclical 
Uh, I don't know, but it does feel like that. So, well, I guess we'll just have to see what happens in the next episode. But I wrote that down as a specific note because that was one of those threads that actually kind of did come together. Like, oh, hey, here's a little bit of something uh, to be thinking about. So, well, I guess we'll just have to see. But in any event, it was wonderful. Thank you so much, Kinte. And thank you, everyone, for listening. You have a good one.